Hey, John Lim here. We're moving forward with episode 258, continuing on with our mini-series this month of creating and self-publishing your own adult coloring book. So part one, let's go ahead and jump right in. I'm going to talk a little bit about self-publishing platforms, and uh, I'm going to recommend there are a lot of them out there do explore do see which ones are available do some homework and do some research and you'll uh, find that there are a lot of options uh, for us we went with a platform called create space this was in 2016 i'd done some homework and i discovered two things number one it is possible to self-publish an adult coloring book so that was good news and number two i found that create space was a really popular platform it was uh, purchased and owned by amazon but it was separate at the time from kdp about a year ago all of the books that were created under CreateSpace migrated over to KDP. I think they, they basically just merged the two platforms or uh, phased one out and migrated uh, books from one to the other. So our coloring book uh, migrated over to KDP, which is where it's now housed. And that was a pretty smooth transition. So mostly I'm going to be talking about KDP on Amazon. All right, I want to spend the rest of part one sharing with you some insights into the market research we did for uh, our coloring book. And what we did was one of my friends, she actually really took the reins on this. She would leave out different samples of coloring book pages uh, at her workplace in the lunchroom and see which one would uh, people would pick up and start coloring with. And she also did some uh, informal polls. She also reached out to a couple of therapists that she knew that uh, to find out, you know, are these uh, coloring books helpful? Do you recommend them? So we did quite a bit of research and I'll find, uh, I'll share with you a couple of the interesting findings. Number one, uh, you know, we, we did uh, find that at least one therapist was really gung-ho about coloring books and the fact that they they are stress relief uh, mechanisms and great for that purpose. So that was really interesting insight to hear that from a professional in the field. And uh, secondly, when it came to the coloring book itself, uh, we found some very interesting feedback from the uh, the our test audience. Uh, again, th this is an adult coloring book, so we were testing it with a diverse group of adults. And what was interesting was we heard a couple of pieces of feedback. Number one, one of the biggest probably complaints about coloring books was that a lot of adult coloring books were the exact same size as kids' coloring books, which tend to be fairly large. And for good reason. I mean, you know, they're easy to carry and kids can, you know, color in these large pages. But for the adult market, a lot of people didn't want to carry around large, bulky books, especially if they were using this on the go. Maybe they were in the waiting room at the doctor's or dentist's office or somewhere where they just wanted something that was easy to pull out and start uh, coloring. And so we ended up going with a smaller size. So that was the, one of the things that we decided when we created our book. And uh, Create Space now KDP does give you a lot of different options for sizing. And so we decided to go with a very popular size, five and a half by eight and a half inches, because that was very close to the A5 pad folio. So, and you think about your target market, and our market was working professionals, probably anywhere from their 20s to their their 40s and beyond. Uh, the pad folio size was a better way to go than trying to create something that was too big. Uh, in terms of the images themselves, this was interesting. One of the feedback 
that we heard was that people did not like it when there were images on both sides of the page. That's because sometimes people prefer to use markers or ink pens, and they found that that would sometimes bleed over and ruin the experience of trying to color the image on the other side. So one-sided pages with images. So that was really great feedback. But we decided we didn't want to just leave that page blank because that gives you a lot of real estate. So uh, I got into the rabbit hole of researching these cliches and what the history was what some, and found some really interesting trivia. So we decided to create very small synopses, like a couple of sentences that we wrote on the back of the each page, just describing the origin or some fun trivia about the cliche that the person was uh, coloring in. We also added a uh, hashtag for each cliche. So if someone wanted to post this on, say, Instagram, they could uh, do so with a hashtag. One other fun thing that we did, because we were marketing this book and packaging it as the perfect office warming gift or the perfect white elephant holiday gift, we added in a really cheeky checklist uh, that was basically that had a list of different occasions you could be giving out this book for. It would allow the person to check it off and write in and fill in the person's name. So that way, I mean, one of the things that we did in our marketing is kind of have fun, poking fun at the idea of, well, you you don't have to get a greeting card or a card with this because it's already got one built in. So those, those are just some ideas. You can get very creative when it comes to the coloring book uh, and not just the uh, images themselves. But speaking of images, and this is where really the most creative part of the process will come in. Let's go to part two, creating the illustrations for the book. So this is a question that I get asked a lot. How do we, how do I create the illustrations, especially if I can't draw? Uh, we recommend, I mean, and when I say we, I mean, I worked with two other friends on this. One of our friends is a graphic illustrator by trade, but she did not have time to work on this project because she was so busy with her day job and other responsibilities. So we ended up outsourcing this and finding a freelance graphic artist. So one thing you can do is you can do the same. Uh, you can use a service like Fiverr. We used Upwork. Basically, I, I'm going to just give you some bullet points. Describe in detail what you're looking for. So you're going to want to find someone who can take images and or create uh, vector diagrams or vector illustrations. Those are some, it's a fancy way of saying law, line drawings of uh, images and objects. Ideally, someone who's going to be experienced using the uh, platform Adobe Illustrator, and that's what our friend who was the uh, graphic artist suggested, that it, that's really one of the uh, best tools to use to create something like this. Uh, in terms of budget and pricing and all of that, you're going to get bids from different freelance artists. Now, the more experienced and established that person is, the more expensive they're going to be. So you, if you're on a small budget, you may need to take chances with someone who's uh, a first-time uh, or less experienced freelance artist. So uh, for corporate cliches, we budgeted about one to three hours of work a week over a three-month period. And we found a, a really great artist uh, to work with. And, uh, you know, he provided us samples and it really fit with the, the theme we were going for. Uh, be specific. Stay in contact with the person. Provide regular feedback. And I do recommend it's easier if you have that person take uh, image uh, pictures and vectorize them as opposed to creating original ones from scratch because that's going to cost a lot more. So take like an image and have the person maybe enhance it or add to it. Now make sure you're using either your own photos or copyright free images if you're going to do that. 
once the uh, person is done, leave them a review and rating. That's going to help them if you're hiring them through a, th a platform like Fiverr or Upwork. You can also tap into your network. I mean, I'm sure you may be connected to a very talented artist who might be excited to work on a project like this uh, uh, with you. Uh, if someone has asked me uh, before, can you do this yourself? Yes, if you have experience as an illustrator. But short of that, uh, if you're on a really tight budget, there are apps that will allow you to take photos and vectorize them or turn them into line drawings. And there are a lot of them out there. Uh, I'm not going to recommend a specific one because I've tried a couple here and there. I've never used it for this specific purpose. But uh, you can try them out and just make sure that they're turning out high quality images that you can use. All right, your homework for this week is start looking at artists for your coloring book. Start conceptualizing the design. Start thinking about things like the coloring book dimensions and what you want to add to spruce it up. Part three, The Long Walk by Richard Bachman. I give it four stars. This was Stephen King writing under a different name. And I, as I understand it, the story was he was curious to see how his books would do without his famous name attached to it. No surprise, the, his book sold really well. And pretty soon, I think uh, he, he, people figured out who Richard Bachman was, that it was a pen name. This is about a teenager living in a post-apocalyptic world who participates in this really uh, uh, gruesome contest where people are walking and the last one standing wins and and uh, gets to have anything he wants. Uh, it's riveting, scary, and a, and a real page turner. I really enjoyed it. And Stephen King proves that he can write a, a great book no matter what name he publishes under. I'll be back next week with uh, more recommendations and more tips on coloring books. Have a great week. And remember, always be moving forward.